0: So Bob, what do you think? We now have our our intro music is actually integrated with us actually doing the recording. We're not adding it in post anymore. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Anything? Oh, aren't we high tech? Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, uh, almost like a proper podcast now. We're doing really
0: yes. now. So 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 we're we're moving our episodes into the future, and and this is actually going to be a kind of a special episode because we're not actually going to be doing our normal shortlist where we talk about. Um, you know what's going on in the news because we're we're taking something else into the future um which are poster sessions and bob do you know oh. what a poster
1: session is well not really not my kind of thing but you showed me this picture uh, before we started recording you showed me this picture of this very large room of people milling around looking at posters i mean that's not interest but
0: why? Well, so back in the day, poster sessions used to be really cool, right? They used to put them like right, you know, front and center and and basically what they are. Um, in my experience, from most of my clients, poster sessions have always been in medical uh, conferences. Um, and generally, they are grad students, students, you know, who are doing some research and they create this beautiful poster. Um, and then they would pin them on a cork board and they'd line them all up. And then at one specific point in a conference, um, all the attendees would come and gather around these little posters and each student or whoever it is would give their little 10 or 15 minutes talk about what their research is and how awesome they are. And it used to be really cool when that was the technology, right? Because, I mean, a poster technically is technology. When that was the technology, it was really cool. Um, And then the years go by. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, I'm actually w- working a client event and, and they've always struggled with their poster session. And And they were at a hotel, the Sheraton in Chicago. If I don't know if you know that. Um, but all the way down in the basement, they have their big – they have a ballroom, um, which kind of looks over the river. But it's in a basement and it smells kind of musty. And they kind of had oh, some exit down there. And in the back of the hall is where they had their posters. And I just remember walking down there and – they looked kind of sad cause there was there all the way in the back and it's kind of damp down there. So the edges curl a little bit and one of the pins was missing from one. And so it was kind of hanging to the side. And I was, that, that was kind of where I lost faith in poster sessions. Right. And I'm like, why, why should we a put the students through that? Because it's kind of embarrassing when they're all the way in the back of the hall and four people show up. Um, you know, why do you make the attendees go go through that? Because now that isn't how we're used to consuming information, um, data. It's not how we're used to learning anymore. You know, granted, in 1953, it was probably great. It was high tech. Um, but last week, I actually met someone who has – and, Pop, you haven't said a word. I feel like I'm talking an awful lot here.
1: No, I'm, I'm listening, um, educating, because um, it's something I'm not – I'm not uh, that familiar with I mean the idea of walking around a very large room with panels of posters and you're supposed to take all that information in yeah okay but also that, that as you said back in the day that yeah you know, that was it that was the height of demonstrating your research or whatever it is you were doing but the cost to produce each of those posters especially if you're doing it in color must have been well it must have cost a lot, but the thing is, if you're putting this expensive post on the wall, and then three people walk past and they go, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," that must be very disheartening.
0: Yeah. So, but I met someone, and they you were did. absolutely and they, I did. Thompson Treasure Jones, who has a the coolest name ever, um, uh, but B um, introduced me um, to. I had seen kind of some ways you could bring poster sessions into the new world. I had even tried to dream some up, right, where you would put a PDF on a screen or whatever. Um, But her company, Cubify, um, has actually done it. Um, And so it's one of those things where no longer do we have to invent or, or, or create the next level of poster session. It's already here, which is awesome. Tamsen, welcome to the bullet list.
2: Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So you are going to, so, so, and this is actually the one time where, where next week you'll actually be on the event tech pull-up, which is actually video but for this one, it's the bullet list and it's audio only. Um, so I, but I really wish we could, so we'll put links to all of the things that we talk about here, um, so that people can actually go and check it out and see it. Um, but, but do your best to explain what Cubify is, what it does and how it is reignited my, uh, a passion I never had for poster sessions because now I think they can be important and relevant again. Okay. I'll
2: give it a go. So, uh, Keith, I share your, um, I shared your despair with poster sessions, I was actually had been for 20 years an educational technology researcher. And so as that, I had been going to these conferences and presenting my work in this way, um, or being a conference chair with poster sessions. And everything that you and Bob have said is what I recognised. The posters pushed away into the back corner, an absolute forest of poster boards that you could never find the person who you actually wanted to talk to. And as Bob said, imagine the cost um, of printing one of those huge posters because they're printed at um, A1, A0 size, enormous. You can't reuse it because you're never going to have the space to put that up somewhere else. It just seemed a pretty dreadful format And actually the people who supported it tended to be the people who said, well, I had to go through this process. I believe my students should go through this rite of passage as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I had to suffer. You'll suffer too, kid.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And it seems such a shame when, as Bob says, there's much more engaging ways of presenting your work now. So let's let people do it in a better way. So, The first thing that we wanted to do is this whole idea of these these kind of flat, just text and a couple of images, posters that nobody's going to stand and read. When in fact, researchers nowadays, um, they could make a video describing their work. They could make a podcast describing their work. They might have websites where they have interactive pieces of their work that they want to show you. They might have um, the guidelines that they used in their work. Why why restrict them to sharing just one thing with you? So our system, Cubify, is sort of like a curation tool in a sense. It lets the author pull together um, all the interesting ways they have of presenting their work and give you that as a package so you can really explore their work um, in, in more detail. And we've had people do really exciting things like put 3D animations inside, uh, links to their professional web pages, make a little video introducing them and saying that what the motivation is behind their work. So you get a a much better feel of what well, people are doing.
0: And, uh, you know, when I, uh, to, to me, as someone who, people are good at certain things, right? Not everyone is good at the same thing. So so when you had poster sessions, it kind of, I don't know, <laughs> You know, this is a great way for everyone to express themselves and and to do what they're good at and put it all together to create an amazing presentation. Like, like no kidding. You can put the sure you can put the PDFs in there, but the videos, the audio, it was just it was so cool. And it, you know, it, it kind of brought me to the point where if you had touch screens, right? Now let's say you're a big conference and you have a big budget, right? Cause this a big budget, you know, this is where you could bring the poster session back to the front, right? It could go right at the front with all the posters. Each poster is a different touchscreen where people can interact with all of that, that cool stuff. Right. And, and, you know, if the poster presenter, uh, you know, is someone who, you know, if they're going to be there for their 15 minutes, whenever it's scheduled, great. But if they're not, they can do that video intro. It was just so cool. And it was so refreshing. And I think one of the coolest things was it was so easy. Um, you know, when we when I was looking at it, you know, I'm like, oh my, this is like no different than like putting stuff on Facebook or right. So it was easy for people to do. Sorry, I totally just hijacked that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. <clears throat> no, actually that's quite interesting because if you've got a poster that's got a certain amount of information on it, again, if you go back in a day where they were popular the tools you had to make that poster are probably limiting to what you could do so if you've got a more interactive um more up-to-date way of doing it then you've got all these different tools like you mentioned video and animations and things like that so the attention span is gonna i mean it's difficult as it is at the moment you know people spend seconds on a website but if you've got a, a poster that can grab the attention and extend that attention time then it's something is really pretty good
2: yeah absolutely and and like you're saying it's your choice what you choose to put in it so then as Keith said if some people are good at producing videos they'll put a video in theirs Um, if other people uh, are good at animations they'll put an animation in or if they want to include a document they'll put a document in but they know what they're good at and they can use the tools that they are familiar with to build what they want and then put it into the e-poster. So much more much more flexible and likely to end up with something more meaningful. And then you're right, Keith, as well, that the, I mean, if you use the touchscreens, you could have touchscreens near your um, registration or refreshments area. The touchscreens can show the showcase of all the e-posters, but you can click on the one you want to explore and then look in that in more depth. And the other cool thing is that the e posters can actually be viewed on any device. So um, you
0: can actually go hybrid people, hybrid is coming. Your poster sessions can now be hybrid.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So you can have those touch screens on site for the people who are on site. Also on site, you can actually show the QR codes of each e poster. People can scan the QR code and then they can actually explore the e poster on their own phone. So they don't even need to be standing by the touch screen. They can be somewhere else in the conference.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and you actually that's actually a really good point. And that was actually, you know, one of the images when we were talking last week and you were showing me that I thought was really cool. If you are a an association and I work with a lot of them that are on a budget um, or if you are a space, um, if you're tight on space. You can do the QR codes and then people can use their own device, right? They just scan the QR code and it takes them right to that poster.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So then they can can have the poster on their phone. They can explore it there. They can favorite it. I always say to the authors as well that this is brilliant because it means when you meet someone over dinner and they say that you get chatting about your work and they're interested in your work, you can actually bring your e-poster up on your own phone. Show it to them from there. Show them the QR code on your phone. They scan it and now they have your repost on their phone to explore. So, really great for these student um, authors that you've described who want to connect with people and get more people looking at their work. They can do that wherever they are.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, I've always been a strong, um, I used to pre- – I preach from the mountaintop about trying to extend the life of your event for the whole year, right? You know, you can take conference content, whether it's sessions or breakouts, whatever it happens to be, and you can repurpose those into videos and podcast episodes. Um, you know, you can do interviews with, with speakers and attendees, you know, to create a real 365-day a year experience, poster sessions were always one of those things that didn't go along with that. Right. Because at the end they got pulled down and um, you know, I, I actually total side note, there was one poster that got thrown away one time. And I remember the, the, uh, he was in the military, the guy who did the poster and he came running down and it was after they were long gone. He's like, where's my poster. Um, well, that isn't going to happen, but it also, You know, that portion of it can now live for the full 365 days. It doesn't have to end when the event ends.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, the the posters are hosted for the full year of the conference. And actually, we work with conferences that are still hosting the posters five, six years afterwards. And people are coming back and looking at them. Um, So you can see that people find it really valuable. And the thing about those paper posters, you said, they get thrown away at the end. We were working with some a conference that was in um, sort of they often ran in the Keys uh, of America and um, people would have to fly to those uh, islands toting some huge paper poster. And actually, when they left and flew back home, they just dumped the post paper posters and left them there at the conference because they didn't want the hassle of taking it back home because they weren't going to be able to use it. So, I mean, nowadays, when we're looking at waste and sustainability, that's clearly not the way you want to go.
1: That was something I was, I was kind of perked up on because, yeah, sustainability is such a, a big topic within the events industry at the moment. Everybody's talking about it. I'm not sure there's a lot of action. But if you're actually able to cut down on the waste, and especially if you're traveling from abroad, you're basically just leaving your trash in another country and then going home, which is not a good thing. Yeah,
0: you know, absolutely. I mean, I can't, I can't bring my trash to the UK and just leave it? <laughs> no,
1: I'm not entirely sure where that you in, anyway.
0: <laughs> no, but, you know, that is true. And, and I don't know. It, it it if anything was ripe for a makeover it was it was the poster session um you know because they did have value right it was something that it, it was something that was worth saving but i don't think anyone knew how to bring it into the you know as far as my brain and i'm a tech guy and as far as my brain thought i was like oh we could put pdfs
1: up <laughs> you know i didn't make it any better <laughs> Well, oh, can you do? Can you take a snapshot of, of a poster and turn it into a PDF?
2: You can, you can take a photograph. I mean, if you went to one of these old sessions with the paper posters up on the wall, you would see people going around and taking photographs because that was the only way they could come back to the posters afterwards. But if you've ever kind of tried to look at a post a photograph of one of those big posters. You've got to find it back on your phone after the conference. Oh, You've then yeah, got yeah. you're not you're not going to print it yourself at a naught size. You're not paying for that, so it's a it's not an ideal way of getting back to the poster
1: afterwards. but, you know, no, but it's <laughs> blurry. Oh yeah, but Sorry, you're, Bob, you're, but what I meant was it's like for your product, for your thing, you're creating an online interactive poster. But could you take a snapshot of that and turn it into a PDF or? further distribution
2: well actually that's a good question so each of the e-posters you you don't need to do that because each of the e-posters that you make in our system has its own unique website address it is a website in a way and so rather than sharing the pdf with other people you can actually just share that website address and people will come to your poster and be able to interact with it so um so you don't have to share anything printed with them at all you only have to share a link and people can come to it and actually that was one of the things i was going to comment on is i think there's a tendency in events to want to lock all of the content into the event so that people can only access it during the event and my argument here would be that there's there's really a benefit to allowing individual bits of content like the poster that somebody's made of their own work allowing them to share it more widely and my reasons for saying that is it is their work they've put a lot of effort into making this so you ought to let them share it with their colleagues and their students and whoever else they want to tell about their work but the other thing is as as an event organizer or an association If you let people share their own e-poster beyond the event, then it actually also works as a way of promoting your event and your community. People realize, oh, look what cool things they're doing in this community. I think I might want to get involved with that group. So this is by having these individual website links for each e-poster, we allow people to do that and share an individual e-poster easily.
0: And I have always said... The best way, you know, you're up on the mountain too, right? It's, if you want to grow your audience, you can't keep everything locked in, right? Yes, it's amazing that these, that, you know, they can share the posters with colleagues and friends, but it also is spreading word about the event. You know, I have always said, you know, you wonder why, you know, if you look at the TED conferences, why are they so popular? Why are they so amazing? It's because they let it all out. It's on YouTube, right? You can see it everywhere. People want to go, you watch that and go, I want to be there. You know, you don't watch it and say, I'm not going, I can stay home and watch it. I don't want to do that. Right. So that's a really good point, you know, by this is, this is stuff that you can put out there, but you also get the analytics, right? You know, who's looking at it while they're there, but then you can actually watch the progression, and you know, you can see. Okay, the conference ended on January first, but it got up two hundred thousand views between January first and June first.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I, I think that's a, an interesting thing for event organizers as well. Is if you can see afterwards what content is really getting attention, then that gives you the ability to think. You know, what we could actually organize a follow up event that will just look at this set of content. There are a lot of people who are interested in the e posters on patient safety. We can see that from the analytics. Why don't we organize a, um, a seminar or a workshop on patient safety where people get together with the authors of these posters to explore their work in more detail? You don't need to generate any new content because you're just returning people to look at the content in more depth that's already been shown to be interesting. So I think the analytics, the content being available for longer gives you interesting ways of rethinking what you do with the events themselves.
0: Yeah, and and uh, although I think there are a lot of meeting planners that don't wanna measure anything because I think they can be Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, measurement and that is, that is a really important point, right? You know, if you're doing that orthopedic conference and all of the, the only posters that get viewed are the ones on broken knees, you can spin that off or it can even inform you for what to do for next year's conference. Yeah. You know, you know, these, you know, you know, if you're talking students here, these are people that are, that are diving into new things or things, you know, they're giving a fresh look at stuff, which, you know yeah wow totally lost my train of thought there that was bad <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know this no, is what it is 7 30 in the morning here for me
2: you're, oh, you're yeah, doing okay. very well for so early in the
0: morning <laughs> yeah so what haven't we asked what are some of the things that that you know i get very excited about things and this actually is oh. something that i've got excited about because i think it's so cool and so neat um but what are the things that that might be important to others that I haven't mentioned or we haven't talked about?
2: Okay. So I think um, a couple of other things to mention then are that, uh, as I said, I come from an educational background. Um, So when we designed this, we were thinking about learning particularly and the reasons why people go to conferences. And it isn't just to present the work. It's obviously to discuss and learn with other people. So one of the key things we've done is that each of the e posters has its own discussion channel attached to it where people can post um, comments, questions. And that's all public. So rather than your two people standing at a poster in the old days where someone comes and asks me a question and I give them a really good answer. But the only people who heard that were the people within earshot um, now that question and answer is there for everyone to see and you can carry on the conversation after the event as well because you're carrying you're keeping everything open afterwards as well so so i think that kind of sharing of discussions not only publicly with everyone so it's not just one-to-one learning but also beyond the beyond the event is something that uh that, that's valuable um and And, of course, I will have had another thing to add, and now my mind has gone back. <laughs> well,
0: I actually had a thought on what you just said. and you know, the questions <clears throat> that get asked, A there's a now there's a record of them, right? and so you you know, as you said, people can then see what those questions. but this isn't static right? If a student or a poster presenter is getting a question like, what color was it? What color was it? What color was it? They can go back and modify it. And they can, uh, Absolutely.
2: Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You picked you know, the, on back. something I did forget to mention. So one of the things with our reposters is that they're not locked. Yeah. So the default is that even after they've been published to your showcase, the author can still go back in and edit it. So if those questions make them realize that there was some information they left out of their e-poster that would be good to include, they just go back in and they add it it in. And from that point onwards, anyone who looks at it sees the updated version. So, um, yeah.
0: Now, I I do think it would be very important for whoever is creating these posters to go down and put, wow, this is a great question. I'm going to add the information up above. That way future people don't come in and look at it and go, why are all these
1: people asking? Are they stupid? (laughs)
2: You're right. You're right.
1: But I I really like that because this is what stops it from being just a web page. The fact that you've got this communication channel set up, not just the public, but also the private. So if, as you said, the the post, the e-poster presenter can actually interact with the people looking at it. But there's also the public scale. So there's multiple levels to it. And as I say, it stops it being a web page. It now becomes the start of the discussion. That's a really, really, really nice way of
2: looking at it. Yeah, start of the discussion, because I think that's what you, you're you right at these conferences. That's what it should be. It, it, the, the presenting of your work should be the start of something, not the end of it. That's not where things stop. It's where things start. So, yeah, great.
0: Yeah. And old poster sessions that it that was it was a fleeting moment and then it went away.
2: Yeah, exactly. The poster got either left there or packed away. You forgot who you'd spoken to because there was no record of it. If you had not made a a note of their name or anything, now you can kind of, you can see who you talked with and people could come back to this at any point.
0: Yeah, that's, that that is a really good point. So, all right. Have we, did we hit on all the points?
2: I think the yes, without, really blowing people's minds too much. There is one last thing I could do that would just make you go, what really?
1: Good, um, come on. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it.
2: <laughs> okay. In our in our platform, it is actually possible for the author to allow um the viewers to add content to the e-poster as well if they want to. So they can create an area in the e-poster where they say if you have interesting information that's relevant to my research, add it in here and the other, the other people can add it in and everyone can see what's being shared there. And I mean, that is at the much more advanced end of things. And by advanced, I don't mean that it's difficult to do. It's easy to do, but it's at the advanced level of you're moving far away from your paper poster now. Um,
0: Yeah. But that will end up being the future. And, and, you know, (sighs) There are so many meeting and event people um, that are, they are so resistant to change and they are so resistant to letting attendees and others give input, right? Because, you know, planners of which I'm one, right? You get locked in the way and you know how things should be done and you're afraid when anything else comes from the outside in because you don't have control over it. Um, So a lot of times with a lot of sessions, uh, virtual especially, where, you know, I see them turning off the chat, they turn off the Q&A because they're afraid of what that input is going to be, you know. But in this case, you know, if you get to that point, it's going to be what an amazing way to build community and education, you know, even the poster presenter, you know, someone might put something in there that they didn't see that's out of left field. Right. And it can advance research. It could, you know, advance medicine. It could advance engineering. You know, I think that if we start letting go of the preconceived notions of what we have, of what something should be, it could be absolutely amazing.
1: I think at you're that's right. The start of the conversation, isn't it? This is how you get things kickstarted. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah.
2: And yeah. let everyone be a part of that conversation as well. Because as you say, the, the 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 speaker or the presenter of the e-poster, they're they're an expert, but they're not the only expert at the event. Everyone who comes and looks at their e-poster, all your delegates are experts as well. So let's let everyone have, have an input here. Cause that's, as you said, Keith, how we take things forward, develop knowledge, continue the conversation.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how many, how many engineering ish problems have been solved because a doctor looked at it and said, you know, if that were a body, right. You know, or how many things in medicine can be fixed when an engineer looked at it and go, Oh, you know, if you just put a metal bar across here, right. It's, you know, you need the input from all over, especially people in the same field, but
1: also, you know, for others to look at things as well. It's the overlap. That's the important thing. You yeah, know, You might have your knowledge might extend to a certain point, but that certain point may be the start of somebody else's knowledge. So you get the overlap, you get the the shared knowledge, which is all brilliant. Absolutely. All
0: right, so guys. We, we, we have eaten well, up a total 30, 30, 30 minutes. And, and – uh, Bob, I just I mean twice today. I've talked over people, so I'm going to be quiet.
1: No, 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 no problem. I was going to say we've had a fascinating conversation, and then can we? Can you just summarize them in just your bullet points, just to summarize the important parts? Just you know, just to straight what we've talked about.
2: Okay, so I think um, basically to rethink post the sessions, and obviously Cubify supports all of this. One of the things I would say is number one think about what content you're sharing. Um, Share richer, deeper, interactive content, not flat paper posters. Number two, um, let everyone see and be involved with the discussions and let the conversation continue beyond the event as well. Um, And number three, Provide ongoing access to your content. Don't just restrict it to the live events. Let people actually come back to it because they will because you've got great content. Um, and number four, my thing: don't lock individual content into the event. Let it be spread further. And like I say, we can we can help you with all of that if people are, want to rethink their posters.
1: Fabulous. And where can people find your site? What's the website address?
2: uh cubify.co will take you to our website address and then you follow the
1: bit for the e-posters obviously we'll put that we'll put the address into the notes but that's cubify with a k
0: yes with a k for the for those of you that are listening for the one person that's listening to this while they're
1: speeding down Uh
0: the highway it's cubify with a k
1: it's it's my mum's listening and she does need to have that differentiate she needs to be known these things we only have four listeners one of them is my mum so there you go (laughs) Oh, you
2: probably have my family this week as well. So, you know, you're growing week by week. I, I oh,
0: get you know, by the end of the year, we might be up to, like, 14. <laughs> All right, Bob, bring us home.
1: Right, well, brilliant stuff. So, yes, uh, just the essentials. Thank you very much, Thameson. That was brilliant. Um, right, so podcast. This episode will be made available in our favorite channels, so that's Spotify and whatever else is all of them yeah whatever uh you'll also find this on our blog which is bullet-list.com that's where we got all previous ones uh the website's also got the rss feed address the podcast rss feed address so all the essentials for you to find out more enjoy previous episodes it's all on the site anything else you want to know keith
0: nah i think mean, that's good
1: yeah so we're
0: done you know, we, we always start so strong and we finish weak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's been such a fascinating chat. I mean, there's there's some really stuff I didn't know about um, posters and things. So, it was brilliant, excellent. All right, I'll see you next time. All right, thanks for listening, Mum and others. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> You're right. We finished weak, but anyway. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening.